to Football Friends. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Sam, and joined here with my colleague Justin to talk to all things Premier League with a particular emphasis on Liverpool, Spurs, and of course all the major talking points from around the league this week. Justin, uh, firstly mate, congratulations on making the grand final in your AFL. Uh, yeah, thank you Sam, and uh, yeah, coming down to, to witness Div 4 reserve grand final on the weekend, I'm sure you'll be... Um, yeah, taken aback by the sheer lack of skill and physique <laughs> involved in uh, making it that far to the grand final. No, I wouldn't miss it. I uh, I look forward to seeing you grace the field. Well, in true fashion, we're going to be turning on a belter for you. It's going to be 12 degrees and rain. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's going to be a, um, yeah, cold with Indy Stoke night. Um, mm. so I've just been <laughs> a live band. The cat next to me is really the up, football you know? friend's cat um, has made an appearance. Friend's cat has made an appearance, which no one can see. Obviously, we're not a video show, but <laughs> the cat was uh, definitely putting me off. Um, what's yeah, the, Sam, what's the cat's name? Boy. It's a cold, windy. Uh, well, the cat has multiple names. He is an unofficial. It's like a Brazilian uh, footballer. He has an official name since he's next door's cat, Clive. <laughs> but his uh, house name here is Co. <laughs> or Calvin, sorry, not Clive. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Calvin's name is Covino. <laughs> he's Brazilian once he crosses the fence. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> Well, well, an action-packed week before we get an international break. Um, another round. <laughs> no, 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 stop, stop waving your excited biscuits in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, uh, Justin, just to fill you in, Justin wanted to point out that he is eating a mint slice, which makes me very jealous this week, actually. Uh, turns out they're both of our favourite biscuits. And as you were saying, Sam, the... Uh the evolution and maturity of this show has increased in season two. We're no longer drinking scotch and red wine and having mint slides. <laughs> <as we laughs> week, the week's fixtures. To be fair, I couldn't think of much better ways to, uh, to tuck into what's happened over the past week than a delicious mint slice. I hope it was chilled. I like them out of the fridge myself. Uh, yeah, this time. I think it must be a fresh packet. It was... Not gone in there yet. But you do enjoy yeah. them out of the fridge. Mm. Mm. Good. Okay, well, so maybe back on to, <laughs> uh, to our topic of uh, discussions for this week, Sam. So we'll be just covering off the results. Um, I'll be recapping Tottenham's North London derby two-all draw with Arsenal, and then you'll talk all things Liverpool as... So they march on. Mm. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Well, things kicked off in a place that uh, both of us could really enjoy, with Southampton somehow managing to get a one-all draw against Man United. Uh, Southampton reduced to 10 men as well. Chelsea managed to bottle it, drawing two-all at Stanford Bridge with Sheffield United after Tabby Abraham gave them a two-all, uh, two, sorry, gave them a two-goal lead. Man City pumped Brighton 4-0 with Emmerich Laporte uh, getting a pretty serious-looking knee knock. We'll talk about that a bit later on. Leicester with a pretty impressive 3-1 win against Bournemouth. Um, 
Palace beating Aston Villa 1-0. Villa, I think, could be pretty aggrieved, particularly Jack Grealish after that late non-VAR call. Uh, Newcastle and Watford played out in one all draw. West Ham beat Norwich 2-0, and that's probably because Justin has Timo Pukki in his fantasy team. Uh, Everton and Wolves played out a pretty thrilling final game on Sunday night with Everton taking it 3-2. Um, some pretty big scores in there, Justin. In fact, looking through it, not a single game with no goals. Yeah, it was a high-scoring round. Um Quite entertaining, like you said, from from the off. Good result for for both of us with United not getting the three points against Southampton. Mm. Um, saw that game and saw that kind of coming. That result when mm. you're watching him watching him play out. I didn't think United were very good at all. Yeah. Um, Daniel James, yeah. one hell of a debut in his first couple of weeks, though. Yeah, he he's looking like quite the signing. Um, he's he's very good. Um, I think he's scored now as many or more goals than Alexis Sanchez did in his whole time as <laughs> a United player. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I guess that, that shows, um, obviously, his good start and just how bad Sanchez was uh, there at um, at United. And now he's off, off to Inter Milan. Mm. I guess that's uh, been confirmed since we last recorded. Um both ends of that swap deal with Mkhitaryan also off to Italy. I think he was he's off to Roma. Yeah. Yeah, not the only one off to Roma. Chris Smalling also gone to Roma. Yeah, well, you could do well there, Chris Smalling. I think Italy and, and Roma in particular have taken um, on some poor Premier League defenders in the past. My, my boy Fazio <laughs> is a Roma Stalwart now. Um, he did quite. Hasn't he done quite? Well? He did quite well there, didn't he? At Roma for five years. Has been doing quite well at Roma, yeah, hasn't he? He's, yeah, did very well. Mm. Yeah, he did very well um, there at Roma. I think just a slower pace. Um, the game there just just suits them, and mm. um, yeah, cool. I'm interested to see how he goes. And obviously, one of our football friends, Joff, will I'm sure keep us informed on all things Smalling and Roma. As mm. the season progresses. So what um, uh, what else throughout the uh, round caught your eye, good, bad, or ugly? Well, I might just go straight to the ugly, which caught my eye. You alluded to a few bits, little tidbits in there, was the ugly is my fantasy Premier League season. <laughs> an absolute shambles. I know we spoke off air um, just about my, my decisions, um, my line ball calls of what, there to go. Um, so this week I went with the wild card, bringing in Laporte, got injured. Uh, Laporte, Mason Mount, and Timo Puki. Puki didn't score. <laughs> Mason Mount didn't assist, and uh, Laporte got injured. But the alternatives is where it really kills me. Was Martin Kelly as a cheap defender. He still manages to outscore Laporte, who's now injured. <laughs> I need to get rid of. Uh, instead of Mason Mount, I was going to bring in Kevin De Bruyne, who I think got two assists, and Tammy Abraham, who got two goals. So, yeah, that probably cost me a good 20 to 30 points at least <laughs> just this week. Yeah, that's I a lot. From the start, when I last met, changed from going Edison and 
Trent Alexander-Arnold to Allison and Zinchenko mm. and 40 minutes into the season. That decision was <laughs> proven to be yeah. So that's you're the, you're the reason that we have these problems. Yeah, and so from now on, all our bets will be to not include players within my fantasy Premier League team as, <laughs> as we um, yeah, expect Norwich to continue on their way. As soon as I put in uh, Cantwell and Pookie, the goal's dried up. <laughs> <laughs> um, not reason at all for me. Um, any other games? Memory caught my eye. Obviously, the, the entertaining game between Wolves and Everton. Um, yeah, I think that was one of those that you, you look at the fixture and you hope plays out that way. But I think who was it in the opening round of the season uh, that Wolves, well, Wolves and Leicester yeah. didn't necessarily live up to the, the highest of expectations on, on opening day? Um, but this one did, and and yeah, also Leicester's performance. I thought they were very good against um, against Smith, who I think adjust that bit behind those sides like Wolves and um, Leicester, who are kind of your big six now, and then you've got your next three. I think they're the next three. They're the mm. next three now. Um, yeah, and I don't see. West Ham's or, or Bournemouth type sides getting close to them. Do you see Leicester breaking into the top six? Uh, no. In short, I don't. Um, I just think as bad as the problems can be at, at Arsenal or, or United or Chelsea or even Spurs on any given day, um, I just think they've got enough about them, enough good areas about them to cover that up. Mm. Um, I think United's got enough quality within their whole squad to turn out enough points. Um, I think Arsenal's attack will cover over their defence enough to get enough points. I guess United's maybe the one that could be at most risk there. Um, mm. Just because they don't really have the massive standout area of the pitch. Um, to save them, mm. like you've got, um, yeah, little bits here and there for Arsenal and for Spurs, and I guess, yeah, I don't know. I I just don't see Leicester getting there in short. I, I just can't make a case for it just yet. I I've seen enough from all of the big six to say they they can still stay there and and still hit that high sixties, low seventy type point mark, which I don't see Leicester getting to. Mm. Yeah, I, I think if anyone was going to drop out based on just a four-game example, I think you're probably looking at either United or Chelsea at this stage. Yeah, I, I do think there's there's weaknesses in all of the four sides, but I just still see them getting to 70 points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I think losing Maguire as good as... Oh, I can't pronounce his name, Soyuncu, I think it is, um, has looked. Johnny Evans and him are just still not probably at that level enough to to make Leicester's defence strong enough to um, to hold up. Um, they, they do play some very good attacking football. Obviously, it's a Brendan Rodgers trait. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't see them being able to unless one of the other top six completely imploded. Mm. Uh, Wolves, I think, with once Europa League properly kicks off with the group stage, they'll be stretched to the point that I think they they won't be able to to go with them mm. with Leicester and top six. Um, mm. And then yeah, you've got Everton who. But they're, they're a surprise pack, and I think they're, what, they've they been pretty tight in defence all season, but if they can start to get the, the attack working and firing, which they did on the weekend, um, yeah, they could be a, a smoky as well. Um, but, again, we would need an implosion from one or more of the, the top six. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much covered off what I was going to say for the good. Certainly, Daniel James, you mentioned, uh, has well taken goal and I think he's probably arguably been um, United's best player so far this season. Uh, Vardy, two goals and an assist. I think since Rodgers came in, he's scored the most goals in the Premier League. Yeah. I think. I don't know the date that Rodgers came in, but he scored the most goals, I'm pretty sure, this calendar year. Yeah, so he's, well, yes, anyway, so one or the other. Either way, doing bloody well at 32. And vodka, Skittles Vodka, obviously doing the trick for him. Um, Aguero, his two goals, takes him out in front on six as the early leader in the Golden Boot race. I mean, Salah's on three. Uh, what's Kane got? Kane's on two. So in terms of your usual candidates, you know, he's already got an early jump on them. Um, Kane got no, Kane's got three. Is it not including? Yeah, three. It mustn't be including. I must be looking prior to the the the, the, the derby. At least two in the opening... Oh, yeah, so he must be on three as well. Um, Bad is Laporte's injury. Presuming we're just talking in an impartial way that it's bad for uh, Bad, you know, to see any player go down badly like that. But arguably pretty good from a Liverpool point of view, or possibly with just Otamendi Stones and Fernandinho. how long that injury for now? Because it'll be... What's the, the first choice with him gone? It's Stones and... Uh, everything I was reading is that it's going to be Fernandinho, not Otamendi, that he'll move him back there instead. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, any, some combination of that. Apparently Kyle Walker's also an option. Yeah, I think Kyle Walker would make a lot of sense uh, mm-hmm. now that they've got Jao Cancelo uh, yeah. to be able to play right back. Yeah. Um, yeah, Walker can can play there. He's he's tall-ish for a right, like for a fullback. Um, mm. He's got a big leap and got a lot of pace. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see the news of uh, how long that injury is, mm. and if they can get through the same way Liverpool has the Allison injury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the ugly is without doubt um, Jack Grealish getting fouled twice. Uh, only for him to be being booked for a dive and VAR not intervene because the ref blew the whistle before it could. Almost seems like match fixing. It's, yeah, VAR has been in our good, bad and uglies. Well, they couldn't have it. The lack of VAR, the ref just blew the whistle so it couldn't get involved. Yeah, well, it's the, the rulings around how it can be used, when it can be used and... And VAR-related issues uh, are popping up pretty regularly. That was a pretty Um, poor ref call, though. Missed two fouls and then doesn't go to VAR because he just blows the whistle and ends the game. It's very strange. Yeah. Mm. I don't don't know how how it's 
determined that um, that decision there. And yeah, it's it's such an odd thing where it's like, well, it can't overrule him because he's blown the whistle. Yeah. Right. But even like, why is the ref blowing the whistle? Like, why is he just rushing to? Yeah, you know, he got some KFC that he needs to get to or something. I don't understand what the rush is. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, and yeah, Grealish, very unlucky. Um, I feel. Mm, mm. But um, enough about the rest of the league, mate. The biggest game of the round was undoubtedly the North London derby. Um, which was really a game of two halves. I've been quite interested to hear how you thought it went. Yeah, look, it was um, quite an interesting game, just the way it, it's all played out, um, the build-up, the, the team selections well, on on both ends, I think were quite interesting. So, Spurs without a fit right back um, going into the into this game with no Walker Peters, Aurea still not back. Uh, decided to play Davison Sanchez at right back, which was most surprising, I think, of all the options. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Arsenal naming their front three for the first time, uh, mm. which, yeah, I think it had been coming um, I don't think it has clicked as yet I know two of the three did, did score but I think Pepe is still finding his feet um, I thought he was quite poor to be honest but it's it's still early days for him um, <clears throat> and then yes yeah, Spurs obviously haven't, we haven't played well so far this season but it was good to see um, we just literally played the way you want to play a a top six away game. We we sat back, absorbed, um, you know, their, their, their lion's share of possession in the first half, but we had the clear best chances of the game in that first half up until they scored, and we, we buried two of them. Um, and I think going into this game, where I, I, I didn't see how we could win this at all, but I my glimmer of hope, where I was in this winnings, because from the Spurs' point of view, we've been that bad. I can't see how we can beat them. But my glimmer came from just how bad Arsenal can be. <laughs> yeah. And and it reared its ugly head um, on both goals. Yeah. They gave us both goals. Yeah, they did. These are, these are the goals that Newcastle aren't giving us. Or, um, you know, we had to work and, and be creative to get goals against Aston Villa. Arsenal give you goals. Mm. The the first goal is just a calamity of errors <laughs> from the from the moment Socrates and Gunduzi go up for the one ball which Kane wins. That's error number one. Um, error number two. So he's flicked it on to Son, who David Luiz has kind of half come out to try and make a challenge and been caught in no man's land. For the second time after two. doing the same thing against us. Yeah, and he did the same thing against Son last season mm. when he was playing for Chelsea and he scored that solo goal. He's he's a walking nightmare in a back four. He steps out at the wrong time. The ball gets played through. Lamella puts in a, a weak opposite foot shot. But then the keeper parries tamely into the path of a, into a dangerous area. 
three ridiculous errors. <laughs> like that was just that's what they're going to do. Like they that's mm. not going to fix. David Luiz isn't going to become a capable defender mm. in a back four. No, ever. but if you have someone who is calm and a great defender paired with him, or the rest of the back four is half decent, then at least Luiz's qualities would be better. Yeah, As in, like his the things he is good at, which is passing the ball, playing it out, which is how they want to play. But you know, if you think they've got no, there's no, there's no Bellerin, there's no Tierney yet. Rob Holding is injured, and I'm not saying these guys are going to be world beaters, but they're three guys that will start in that back four. At Chelsea, he was awful in back fours that included as Pelliqueta at his peak, Gary Cahill when he was mm. an England international. Um, these are guys that Bellerin's nowhere near as Pelliqueta, so if he can't handhold him through playing in a back four. Mm. As Bellerin ever going to handhold him through? Like mm. it's, it's not going to. That defense isn't going to be any better than it was last season. Mm. Is, is what. Um, it might have more assists in it from um, tyranny down the left if he's he's like a Robertson type. But the left back's not going to solve one of your center your your middle center backs being Socrates and. Um, David Luiz, who, yeah, just create, and we'll get to, to Socrates, who was involved in the first era, but he's incident, he's major incident a bit later with Kane. But they, they just present chances, and they they don't just do it to big sides. They'll do that to against Burnley, against uh, Barnes and Wood. They'll do it against, you know, Jota and Jimenez will make him step out and do something stupid. So that this is going to be a, a recurring thing. It was Mustafi last year. It's Louise this year. It's, it's mm. good to see. Um, yeah. Enjoying it. Yeah. Um, yeah on, on the Spurs front, look, i got to be glass half full on this because even though we had the 2-0 two, two lead, they did get it back to 2-1 quite quick. Um, and considering we had no... None of the signings from, from last season fit to start, um, and no right, but no fit right back to, to get away from there with with a draw, even with the two goal advantage after forty minutes. I, I'm still happy enough to take that, um, and in, in saying that, we again comes down to individual errors in a big moment. So Danny Rose um, with his whatever he was trying to do with the ball, not clearing it, which led to the first goal. Um, I guess if we just got through to half-time at the two-goal lead, you know, it could have changed the way it played out. Because then they came out and they were the better side, I guess, for large parts of the second half. Um, and then the second goal was, um, again, slightly Danny Rose not following his man, but it was a great ball from Gunduzi, all mm, the same. So, it was. To all, um, yeah, considering the injuries we had um, um, and the form we're in, I've got to take that, to be honest. Um, I think, yeah, our counter-attacking style is the best out of us, but there's only there's so few games where we can implement it that... We look good in a game like this, or we look good in the Champions League against Man City or 
Ajax, but you know, if we've got Sheffield United next or whoever, you've got to play a completely different way there. Mm. Um, and that's the bit that, that we're falling away in. And um, I think I, I was reading, and I, I agree with one of the things I read on one of the forums, peak Tottenham under Pochettino was the 16-17 season. Mm. I think that was the one in our last season at Wembley when we were playing 3-4-2-1. And I can reel off the, the starting 11 from these games off the back of my hand. You'll never forget, as a Spurs fan, you'll never forget there were games that were 4-0 drubbings where we were playing as good a football as the Liverpools and Cities are playing now. We were playing at that level then. We haven't played that since. Mm-hmm. We haven't been at that level of a title challenger since the 2016-17 season, the season when we went undefeated at White Hart Lane last season. Mm-hmm. And since in nearly every position, I'd say apart from goalkeeper Lloris, who's no worse than he was then, I think he's on par, hasn't improved. Uh, I'd say so. Ericsson and Kane, Ericsson and Daly were playing off Kane. I'd say Ericsson's no bit no worse. Um, he's obviously got the contract issues, so he's not being selected, which is making us worse. Mm. And then I'd say Kane's not not getting any worse. But what he's why he's looking worse than he was then when we were so rampant is the falling downs of everything else behind him. So mm. Daly's fallen to the point where Sons probably takes that role. The central midfield's fallen off. So that was when we had Wanyama and Dembele at their absolute peak, mm. just bossing teams. And we had Walker and Rose at their absolute peaks as, as the marauding up and down the, the wingbacks roles as probably the best wingbacks or fullbacks in the league that year. They've gotten worse. Well, Walker's gone. And Danny Rose isn't half the player he used to be after mm. injury. And then we had three centre-backs in Aldevar, Vertonghen and Dyer at that point, who I think we've weakened across the board there. Now the three, two of the Belgians are now over 30, so they've gotten worse just through natural age. And I don't think Sam is as good or better than Dyer was. So we've gotten just so much worse since that point that that's where a lot of my frustrations come from. Um, that we've allowed that, we've allowed Liverpool, because I think it was still City that were atop, maybe it was Chelsea that year, possibly we've allowed both City and Liverpool to go past us from that point by adding two things, whereas we've gotten worse and not added. Um, I guess the interesting thing about the, the comparison with Liverpool is the... Cycles started at similar times, didn't they? Or did Spurs start before Liverpool? But either way, the point you're making is sort of emphasised that in some ways it feels like this is going to be a... There seems to be issues around Spurs that perhaps seem to cycle. You know, there's players that are leaving, presumably Ericsson will go, Aldevera will go, Vertonghen's contract's got some issues. Pochettino makes some noises... Um, whereas Liverpool, you imagine, we've still probably got another season and a half, probably, another couple of seasons in it. And I guess maybe that's because of the investments we've made that um, that Levy did not make in the Spurs squad. Yeah, it's exactly 
so the the investments we made we made the summer after that peak was Davinson Sanchez, Aurea, and Lorente. Mm. Now, this was when we were within touching distance of doing something. Compare that to, to what you guys did when, when you needed to strengthen. Mm. When you added Allison, Van Dyke, Fabinho, Keita. Yeah. Yeah, first that, it was, I think it was Mane and Mane and Keita. And then Salah, yeah, well, and then Alison Van Dyke. I'd even say that season there, your first lit, first getting the, these guys in. So we were, well, I think we were probably two. That was our second or third set, third crack at it. I think we had the Leicester season the season before, where I think we were just going and growing. We were mm. playing formation most weeks there, and and weren't fully. Blowing sides away, we're getting good results, but we weren't blowing sides away. Added a little bit to it, changed the tactics around a little bit, and then we became a side that could blow teams away. And that's that's what you need to be to, to win the league now. You need to be what like Liverpool and City are doing. You need to be regularly smacking teams 4-0. Yeah, because but this- regularly doing that, that needs to be the norm because then the off days become the, the grinding 2-1, 2-0 wins. So you're constantly getting threes. Yeah. Whereas if you're constantly playing average and getting 1-2-0 to wins, then the, the off days, they become the 1-0 defeats that mm. we're getting. And, and that's the difference, I think, between, what the, between the quality of, of the, th- the three squads is it gives the other... It gives the bottom sides hope as well. When you're not putting away a Newcastle in the first half with two goals, it gives them belief to to continue on doing what they're doing. But if you are coming out of the blocks, playing in a, a style and a formation that they can't handle, mm. and it's two 0 by half time all the time, which tends to be, that's gonna that's what wins you the league. Yeah, you know? mm. and yeah, I just don't think there's enough. Um, enough depth, I guess, or, or certainty around the way we play um, yet, because I know there's a lot of new signings to bet in, but I think the the bigger issue is I think we can get the attack up to those levels, but it's in defence where I, I see the issues now. It's centre-back issues now with these guys above 30, right back, I, I, I rate Kyle Walker-Peters, but still a young unproven right back and yeah Danny Rose is is finished <laughs> that's mm. as plain as simple as that mm. he's not good enough um, but look that's more looking at things holistically and I've gone off off topic of of the North London derby which look I, I just thought it was a really good even game um, and obviously the big talking point at the end of the game is is the Socrates push on Kane which look it's not not as bad as the week before's, I guess. Um, Are we talking when you say it's not that? You game. mean you mean a dive? That's a penalty. It's a clear penalty. Possibly. His hands go straight to the back of him. There is there is some who would dispute it. There's Arsenal supporters who could dispute that, but I, Tony Adams himself on the 
aren't the true. He said it's a penalty. But um, there's a funny thing of Kane being interviewed afterwards and being asked about it. He said, you know, if that was somewhere else, it's a penalty. And then yeah. they and then they play it to him while they're interviewing. They're like, well, maybe it's fifty-fifty. It's not like it's not as bad as last week's, but there's been softer ones given. Mm. Um, no doubt about that. There was the softer one was given last year on uh, Aubameyang when Sanchez rest, put one arm into his back. And the problem with this is, and it comes down to again another previous Spurs game was, do you remember when Kyle Walker pushed the shit out of Sterling and he stayed on his feet and tried to take a shot a few no, years ago? Sure. There was like this massive push. Sterling stayed up trying to just continue on with the shot and score. Shot got saved and the ref didn't pay anything. Mm. And at the time Pep was blowing up and commentators and pundits at the time say, well here's why players go to ground. Because if you get pushed and you don't, it doesn't get given. Mm. So mm. you have to, as soon as you feel it, yeah. And it's, and it's a classic thing that if the defender does it, then they're, you know, they're stupid enough well, that they almost half deserve the penalty for being stupid a, enough to do it. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to agree with Tim Sherwood, and, but he's, he's analysis of the situation. And being a used coach of Harry Kane, you can see where, why he's a smart striker and why he scores so many goals. And credit to guys like Rhys Ferdinand and Sherwood on training him up on this. He, he said he noticed Socrates is a couple of sandwiches short of a full kicking. Yeah. He makes him make a stupid decision, and he makes the stupid decision. Mm. He gets his body in front between him and the ball, slows his pace down to the point of, if you keep running at your full steam, you're going to run into me. But if you do run into him, why would you not go down? And why would you, if you run into the guy who's protecting the ball, got the ball? Mm. Uh, it's just, it was just dumb by Socrates. Mm. Um, it worked out fine for him in the end. Um, but when you consider where Kane was going, like he wasn't in a dangerous position, um, it was just dumb defending that. Look, we got a bit unlucky two weeks in a row with with those calls, but. You know, it is what it is. Um, and look, Kane's going to... He's going to win those penalties at other points because he's, he's a smart striker and he knows... Um, yeah, he knows when to make a, a dumb defender make a dumb decision. And yeah, and I guess we didn't even talk about the, the even dumber decision by Xhaka on his... Uh, yeah. Xhaka yeah, can't tackle. That's the moral of that story. He has no idea how to tackle. I just don't see what he was trying or thinking of there, but I guess that's that's kind of building into um, or, or leading into uh, my good and the bad and the ugly. So the good for me, other than get not losing. Uh, would be Harry Winks. I thought he was fantastic. He was our best player on the day. Um, and his, his work, I think it was Nateland Miles, it might have been Pepe, that he kind of pirouetted around um, in the build-up to the Son goal. Made him look a bit bit silly out wide there and played a good progressive ball into feet. And then, yeah, Son got hacked down 
it's good to see from Winks. It's something that I think he needs to add to his game is just some more risky attacking play um, and trying that, that little body shimmy and and playing a first-time ball into the box mm. is what we need him doing. We can't just have him, I guess, going down the, the Joe Allen sort of route. Yeah. The Liverpool of the... Recycling position. Just the recycling of the ball. Um, and I, I guess it's a it's into maybe a bad for the Spurs perspective here, but Gunduzi in the same game, um, I think, had his moment where he added that little bit of um, attacking outlet creativity rather than just being a sideways player with his assist to Aubameyang. Mm. Yes, if these two guys can just do this, it doesn't even need to be that often. Like It's five or six games a year. If they get five or six assists for the season, that becomes a, a decent haul for a, a central midfielder. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't think... Uh, Winks will get the assist for <coughs> the pass for the penalty, but it's that sort of progressive forward movement from from him and from Ganduzi that's that's the next step they need to make. Otherwise, yeah, they'll they'll go down the the Tom Carroll, Joe Allen mm. mid lower half table careers. Mm. Um, but I was I was pleased to see that from him. Um, Joe Allen uh, Allen hooked from the Stoke team last week so he's not even starting for a championship club anymore bottom of the championship yeah and he's not starting yeah yeah so that's that's the the 50-50 of it I guess is the other one was uh, who I was thinking on the Spurs end was tragically had to retire but the Ryan Mason path does Winks go down the Mason lower end championship career path or, or can he be a, a regular for England and, and in the top six um, the bad for me I'm going to go with Davinson Sanchez at right back um, a little bit by choice not by choice having to play there I guess probably in hindsight would have been better to do maybe able to viral but he was he was a mess in possession and hopefully we don't have to see that again um and the ugly for me is Danny Rose. Every <laughs> week, every week, nearly. So now they've they finally moved Sanchez away from Rose as they were at fault for nearly every goal. Every goal bar one that we conceded so far this year. Um, and then here on the weekend, Danny Rose severely involved in both goals that we concede. Sanchez partially involved in the other. Um, mm. If you're Toby Alderweireld, you're just pulling your hair out at the moment. He's played every minute, <laughs> been involved in any of the build-up for any of the goals. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Danny Rose for me this week. Could Sissoko play right back? Uh, he could, but we had no Ndombele. So we're a little short midfield. midfield. Um, that would have been... What I think we would have gone with was three at the back with him as a wing back. Mm. Um, since he played there holding Trippier's hand all the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we would have had no one really to play next to Winks. So I guess if him Don Blaise fit, then yeah. That, and how long is he your, out for? Minor injury. So whatever Unclear. that is. Yeah, okay. So Maybe after the international break? Yeah. 
and it might be a, a convenient way to, to keep him in London over the yeah. international break. Um, Although you wouldn't think they're gonna, they wouldn't have him not play the North London derby just to avoid going on the international no, break. But he might be having seen what soft tissue injuries can do. He might have been one of those that look, we could risk him and just get him through mm. um, this weekend, but that would then mean we have to let him go. Are we yeah. better off not playing him at 80% and keep him? Mm. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, that's probably better than, yeah. than him half-baked and then losing him for two weeks. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, that wasn't really an option to have Sissoko there mm. um, on the weekend. Mm. Um, and then obviously, yeah, that's no no games this weekend, so no, no preview for, for the next game. It's, yeah, just kind of good to refresh now after a mixed start to the season. I'd say we're minus two on where th- we need to be. So we need I to think, get those points back. I think back. getting Man City at the Etihad out of your system and Arsenal in a derby, which is, you know, Arsenal away for Spurs is a harder game than for the other big six sides. Having both of those games already done in the first four, I think, is pretty good. You know, even if you've you got five yeah. points, that's that's pretty good. We're just minus minus two off where we'd want to be. Seven would be a great result. Mm. We're on seven points right now. If we're on six, that would be decent. So we're we're one to two points off being in a good spot considering who we've played. Yeah. If you'd beaten Newcastle, things would have been much better. Newcastle, this would have been as good as we could have hoped for. Mm. With the opening four fixtures, um, yeah. two away draws, but yeah, we just have to you now make those two points up somewhere. Mm. That means winning at Chelsea or winning at United or or a home win over you guys or or City. Um, that's mm. the only real ways of getting those two points back. Mm. Well, speaking of you guys, I guess that brings us to Liverpool v Burnley. Cruise, really, you know, after after one early scare um, where they had a decent shot on target, Allison made a good save. After that, it was really mostly one-way traffic, which was pretty weird. Um, it's a bit weird watching the game because you know you're so used to watching play. You know, when you play Burnley away, that you're gonna you think you're gonna have to wait to the 85th minute and hope that you get some lucky goal. Um, and I guess to be fair, we did get the lucky goal. It just happened to come in like the 30th minute. Um, Alexander Arnold attempting a cross, not a shot, not only that, then it deflected wickedly. Um, and so we got that goal. And as soon as you get that first goal, the all um, sort of opens up, doesn't it? Because they need to, Burnley need to come out and play a bit more, and that played into our hands a bit. But um, I thought Liverpool were brilliant in terms of uh, the way that we. Defended those second balls was was really good. Um, yeah, the the back line Van Dijk I think made the most clearances of any defender in the league this week. So you could see the emphasis for us was obviously just on you know if it comes in just hoof it back to them. I think that's quite an intelligent way of playing it because sort of must have just been thinking, okay, you've, you know you've lumped it into the box this time. We're going to knock it back out, and we can be confident that you're going to. 
um, that you're going to make a mistake at some stage, you know, and we'll take we'll take our take our chances then. And that's obviously what happened with the second goal, with um, Ben Me passing it straight to Firmino for one of our counter attacks for Man to, to make it two 0 and that was sort of game over there. Um, yeah, like you say, that that freak first moment is the key because um, that's what you know breaks a side like Burnley is. We were just hoping to get this through to 60, 70 minutes, get some, get to nil nil then, and put a bit of aerial pressure onto Adrian. But when they go to one down, mm. see their their thoughts and their their style not change, but just the belief in in it mm. drops. Well, they have to come out more. You know, they have to come out more. They have to be more adventurous in their play, and that sort of plays into our hands. And there's there's just that around the ground, like these these small you know boutique type stadiums, and the energy around the place really can pick up when you've got a back six side, a top six side on the on the ropes. But mm. if, if you're holding them at bay, holding them at bay, you, you will rise. They will. Yeah. You see when, when there's a foul free kick or a throw in in the second half, that wasn't there. Um, you just you literally beat that out of them. Um, mm. Yeah, like it was a was a lucky break for the first goal, but you you need those those lucky breaks um, to fall your way, and it, it doesn't look like a a lucky win because you'll just then go on with and do the the job that, like what I was saying in the Spurs segment, you just then batter teams. That's yeah. what they'll do. I, I mean, sure, a lucky goal, but certainly not a lucky win. I mean, Klopp said afterwards that it's... Yeah. Um, it's more of a, you know, goals change games completely. So that game, that moment changed the, the, the entire game plan for Burnley, and then you just dominated, dominated the game for me. You dominated the game before that, yeah. but that broke them down, and, and from there you never looked like losing. Yeah. Another interesting thing was that we'd obviously spent a lot of time practicing defending those second balls. So you always saw when the balls were coming in that you didn't just have whomever was defending it, but there was always someone sort of behind it to sweep. And so we sort of ended, eventually we sort of played them at their own game in that sense. And so they didn't have any chance to knock the ball down. Yeah, and I think your um, side's strong enough to, like, Matty and and Van Dyke are so strong in the air anyway um, mm. who did you lap with in midfield I, I didn't have it on Wijnaldum Henderson and Fabinho who have been our sort of yeah. staple midfield to start the season but then you look at that spine of you know Fabinho is very strong physically mm. strong and Henderson are energiser bunny they can get up and down mm. you've got two centre backs strong in the air and you've got these three you could almost see them fitting in for a diet as well like the way they play <laughs> workhorses I'm they're sure I'd be happy to have them it, but you know what I mean they're not your Luka Modric type central midfielder they are strong mm. hard working very highly skilled but they mm. have the work ethic to fit what Stokes doing so it's almost like you've got the elite version of what Stokes even trying to throw at you with physicality 
Mm. You've got the superior version of that in yeah. Dyke yeah. at the back, Fabinho in midfield. Mm. So, yeah, I think oh, it's just a, a credit to, to the squad building of Liverpool um, and then Klopp to see, well, what is the what is the issue with with you guys? I guess in the past, and it was losing these sort of games. Mm. He's he's thinking was well, what? How yeah, do we drawing them anyway? Yeah, drawing them, and it's how do you combat that? Well, let's almost be like a an elite version if we need to be an elite mm. version of these scrappy teams. It just sort of reverts back to what I was saying last week about there's just those different options that we bring. You know, that we, we play mm. different ways, we attack teams in different ways, and I think that's what what makes us so difficult is that it's hard for teams to figure us yeah. out because we just adapt and yeah. You can get into a street fight with a Burnley and mm. you know on man for man you're not you're going to back your guys in. Um, mm. You know you can't really say that about probably City will just they're a different beast altogether. But mm. I guess if you look at um, if we look at Spurs, we don't really know what our midfield's going to be, but if you look at um, Kovacic and Barkley and, and Kante, there's probably a little bit that they could fall over when put up against some severe challenges like this, mm-hmm. more so than, than your three. You definitely could see that with Arsenal's three. Um, and you'd easily see it with United's three. So I guess mm-hmm. that's the, the extra bow that your midfield as to it, um, and it all, I guess, comes back to that that sale of Coutinho and how you know the the team's greater without. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's about the sale per se, although presuming that the funds from that are what got us Allison, um, but the team in general is on such a massive upward trajectory by that. So don't forget we made the Champions League final that year. You know, it's not like we needed that we just changed once he had it gone. Dropped points like having that number ten type player who, you know, physically won't get involved in the fighting for the second ball, like your three midfielders will now, and he's not the electrifying pace to to counter either. I just think you're so much better off mm. being able to to have these two banks of three have have these roles than. Didn't have that number ten role. Mm. Uh, Although the ten, there's certainly a need for a ten. I mean, we were obviously looking to buy one and just couldn't get one in. And Coutinho's role had changed that season anyway. You know, the last six months he was playing in midfield as that link. Uh, I guess the reason we don't need one as clearly as say Spurs without Ericsson is because Firmino is so good at dropping in while Mane and Salah cut in. And, you know go through the middle themselves into that spacey vacates. Um, yeah. Um, but I suppose it's time for the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, I actually have a few goods for you this week, Justin. Uh, I don't know if that's allowed. but Very okay. good. You're okay. very good. You deserve... Okay, I'll go with it. Only one of them, I think, is actually... Bad's and ugly. <laughs> only three bads are good and an ugly. Um, first good, 13 league wins in a row is our most ever. 
um, which is pretty incredible when you think about the different teams in the 80s and how good Liverpool were, that this really places them, I think, up alongside them as the best ever, which is why I enjoy watching them, regardless of what we win or do not win. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know if you caught it, but there was a female lineswoman refing this game, which I thought was pretty awesome, that there's that's sort of becoming more normalised, that there's the female refs in the Premier League after, obviously, the um, the female ref in the Super Cup final. The whole female the whole female team for that. Uh, that's also very good. Uh, and I know, I don't think I've mentioned this to you before, you know how you always have those players that you enjoy their goals more in your own team, like your favourites? Mine is certainly Bobby Firmino. So to see him get a goal um, always puts a smile smile on my face and that was his 50th being the first making him the first first Brazilian to 50 not just the first Liverpool Brazilian but first Brazilian to 50 goals yeah they haven't really for a country that dominates um, I did read that but yeah I tried to think of anyone that might have even gone close and Coutinho was on 41 or something <clears throat> yeah none really came to mind um, yes Janino was the one that yeah. first came to mind. He um, came like fourth, I think, on about 20-odd. Yeah. They don't have really anyone that's that's had an Aguero-like, for a striker, uh, long stint scoring 10-plus goals, even 10-plus goals a year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I'm, I'm not surprised uh, Bobby Firmino's in your good this week, if you <laughs> know what I mean. <laughs> um, moving quickly along <laughs> the the bad and the ugly are almost sort of wrapped up and you can presumably tell where this is going the bad was Salah having two or three really uh, good yeah. chances to pass the ball when we were 2-0 up and we needed that third goal to just kill the game off and you know we could just play it out and first he could have squared to Bobby and he didn't so that got missed and the second to Mane, where he not even just didn't pass to him, but he made some ridiculous shot that just sort of almost looked like a weak pass back to uh, the goalkeeper. So that was that was pretty that was pretty annoying to see. And then obviously that mix with the uh, ugly, which was Mane losing the plot a little bit on the on the um, on the on the bench. And it's funny because I guess you usually see these things and they get blown up. But I've never really seen, like, when it happened, everyone was sort of like, you saw Firmino sort of pushing him and making fun of him and Klopp laughing on the sidelines. So it was weird that everyone else, you just saw that this obviously means nothing. He's obviously just pissed off they didn't pass him the ball. But they know that it's the sort of thing that they'll get over. He's pissed off as soon as he gets subbed because, you know, he missed, he's got a goal, he's playing well, he gets subbed, he's pissed off that he's subbed when someone else isn't even passing him the ball. Um, but you know it's obviously one of those things that the team must forget straight afterwards because of how everyone reacted to it. And, um, and you see Milner posting on Instagram today a photo of Mane losing it, saying it must be because Milner wasn't subbed on. So they're, they're obviously making a joke of it, which is, which is good. So hopefully that can... I think the, the squad and stuff's well... Oh, yeah, what's the right word for it? Well accustomed or they know... But the two of those guys are very hungry <laughs> footballers and yeah. it's what makes them and, and they'll make bad team decisions at times. Um, mm. They both do it. Uh, Mane is guilty of it at times himself. Um, mm. So well, Klopp's probably fine with them playing that way. 
one. Oh, it's a good thing. You know, they're both hungry for goals. So it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, and look, he's, he's fine with all of the whole shebang that comes with that. And that means that they'll get angry. They'll mm. blast each other on the pitch, off the pitch, whatever. But it doesn't affect the next play or it doesn't affect, um, yeah, the team camaraderie because it's not – this isn't Henderson having a go at Salah. This isn't uh, Milner having a go. Like this is another hungry player having a go at a hungry player. Yeah. The squad's fine. That they could like time for an international break. They could still be shitted at each other by Tuesday, and the squad's going to be like that's just Salah and Mane. Like, yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't. I think as soon as they'd gone in the dressing room, everything would have been fine before they even left Burnley. Yeah. I mean, if this, I they, if it happens yeah, on the field, like, you know, like... They, they could be shitty till till the next game. But mm. once you're in game, uh, there's a big chance that comes that Salah's way that he could easily tee it, like he tees him up and all's forgiven it within an instant. So like, they might still be punching on for the week, but there's still a little bit of tension between them. So it's I, fine, I, it's all but, simple. I know, I know what you're saying, but I, I don't. I don't think the tension is there. Just, there's nothing. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, this happens. Uh, if this happened on the field, which happens, you know, fifty times a game, just before that, Henderson was losing it for Alexander Arnold for not tracking back and being there. If Man had done this exact same thing on the pitch, we wouldn't have even talked about it. The fact that it was sitting on the subs bench is the only reason it's even being mentioned. Yeah, and it's and it's because they are the like you're saying, it's the attackers doing it is the big talking point. Mm. Even if it's on the pitch, I still think it's addressed when when two strikers lose it to each other for not passing or whatnot. But like you say, there's this constant yelling or telling offs that go on between midfielders and defenders. Mm. Um, I just think these these are two guys that are probably very similar similar-minded and, and tuned with the way they operate, and they're going to clash. Mm. Fine with it. You just, <laughs> they're fine with clashing. They, until it gets to the point that they're not fine with clashing, there's nothing nothing to see. Like, mm. it's working. Mm. Um, and you saw it, I guess, with Aguero and, and Jesus through Pep against Spurs a few weeks ago. That's right, yeah. And then Aguero and Pippa starting to hug by the end of it. Yeah, I guess you guys are in an even more blessed situation than that, that you play a front three. So they're always going to, it's not like one's getting picked over the other. Mm. This is two guys. So once, that's what I mean about once the ball's being kicked, it's fine. They're on the pitch together. So there's mm. no lingering or thoughts of the issue at all. Um, as for in other cases where you've got guys being picked over others, that's mm. where the issues start to to fester. Um, mm. You've got such a clear first choice three that there's no um, nothing to worry about at all. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and so that I suppose is that. Um, uh, in general, very happy that we played. You know, we're four from four still and managed to win the Super Cup. We had only won no the. Allison's um, gone. That's the yeah, no big drop one points there. Good. Um, um, things are going to get pretty crazy from here for everyone, I guess. Go to you know for for both Spurs and Liverpool. We move to two games a week after the international break. 
Uh, Liverpool have some pretty tough games coming up. We play um, Newcastle at home, which obviously that won't be too bad. But then after that, we have got um, Chelsea away, uh, followed by, I know, in Sheffield. So never mind. And then Leicester. So things aren't going to escalate for a little while. But um, yeah, I guess we've got Champions League to contend with soon. Yeah, well, it's the yeah the follow up game after a, champ, a tough Champions League game is always a little bit mm. more difficult than if you were playing them as standalone fixtures. So yeah, it is going to to heat up. And um, who, who have you got again? Have we? I guess that's something we haven't covered off. Is our our Champions League groups? Yeah, uh, ours isn't too bad. In fact, it's actually really good. We got Napoli. Uh, we got Red Bull Salzburg, and we got uh, not Bruges, but someone like that. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah, we use obviously pot one. Yes. For that second, so Salzburg, Salzburg, Napoli. Napoli. Yeah. Yeah. Napoli be a yeah. Yeah, that's the toughest one we've got. But yeah, we've 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 got them. We've got them away in the first round, which is good. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's that'll be a, obviously the trickiest of the the three. But for your fans, Salzburg's an amazing place. Um, <laughs> the city of Salzburg. So good away trip for them, and yeah, for us, we've got Bayern Munich. Uh, Red Star Belgrade and Olympiacos. So, a couple of good away trips there that. too. Um, well, yeah, a couple of daunting trips. I guess the away fans in in Greece and Serbia can be quite uh, uh, vocal and loud and intimidating at times. So, they they won't be easy easy points to be picked up over there, um, especially. At Red Star Belgrade, um, I think it's world famous. Now their tunnel to approach the pitch is, is just stuff for legends. So, yeah, if we can keep those tougher away cauldrons, I guess you'd call them, um, and even get draw, even take a draw from one of the two, be happy enough with those. And yeah, wouldn't wouldn't put it past us to. Maybe even get top spot off Bayern, but mm. at the same time we we really need to make you know light work of the two weaker sides at home. Like they yeah. have to be six out of six there, and and we go from there. I think probably ten points gets you through. So yeah, that's the navigate. usual benchmark is a ten. Yeah, we can never get out navigate our way there with the, or banking the six that we need to get. From those, um, that leaves you with, yeah, four points from the other four games should be more than enough. Quality mm. um, amongst us to do that. Mm. Well, mate, um, I guess that could be us for another week. And uh, as we've alluded to, no episode over the international break. So I guess for listeners, we won't be back for two weeks. So I hope you can make do without us. Uh, but meanwhile, I'll be taking a trip to Melbourne Football Friends HQ to see you, Justin. Yes, you will, and you'll be here for the Friday value bet, which is the only bet we'll be doing this week. So no multi, 
we're reassessing now after the international break. We, we had a bit of a shocker on the weekend. Um, but this is that yeah. first early patch. So I was having a look today, see how I knew Stoke was on the, on the bottom of the championship <laughs> table. There's enough form, form guide now across a lot of divisions, across Europe, across England, that I'm feeling a lot more comfortable to bet on. So it won't mm. just have to be Premier League-centric anymore. Um, and that's probably where I do my best work when I'm when I'm studying the form of multiple leagues and um, and there were some good choices in there. It's not you couldn't be helped that Chelsea would implode like that. Yeah, there was a Chelsea to score. That was a good option. But no, so Norwich not scoring, Chelsea, and then Arsenal not winning was the only mm. parts of big legs. Like like I said at the beginning, I think episode one. Till this point, where there's form tables, I'm just going to go big. May as well. We might hit one, I think. And if you think about how close we got with the Man City disallowed VAR goal against Spurs, mm. like we we nearly got there in that this opening four game stretch of these hail marys. So, um, yeah, there'll be a little bit more science behind um, the bets going forward, but. I guess the two of us, maybe after a couple of beverages Friday, we'll put a bet up. A uh, few maybe for you, because I'm in grand final mode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll put a value, a value bet up for our people on following us on Twitter. Um, that's at underscore football friend. Um, not sure if you'll be in much of a state to, to copy it over to Instagram, but that is football friends underscore podcast on Instagram. The bet will be up on Friday. Um, all right. No, man, I'll be, I'll be ready to post. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> um, I'll be good to see you. Yeah, see you in a few days. And, yeah, see you listeners next or two weeks.